0: Uh, for you to get for you to get reach beyond the people that you normally talk to you have to do something different and most people aren't doing that welcome to pipelineology the business to business podcast for agencies consultants coaches and businesses looking to build a pipeline of hot prospects ready to buy their products and services never wonder where your next client is coming from To learn more about our strategies, services, and for resources on building your sales pipeline, visit Pipelineology.com. Now,
1: on to the show. Hello, everybody. This is Gary Ruplinger, and welcome to another episode of Pipelineology. Today, I am pleased to be joined by Graham Coth in the United Kingdom. Graham, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you very much for asking me, Gary. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, I know we're gonna be talking about uh, a topic that I think a lot of people wanna learn more about, and that is uh, getting more content and engagement on LinkedIn. So um, before we jump into that though, for anybody who's not familiar with you, could you share just a little bit about your background, your story, how how you got here?
0: Oh, it's an interesting background. I started life in radio. Um, many many moons ago I did a diploma in broadcast journalism at the same time as I did my degree in communication studies so I've always been interested in how we communicate and I've always been interested in language Um, I've always had a fascination with writing as well which is something that I've continued to do Um, but I, I was drawn to radio as a means of communication because we, we did a little bit about it on our uh, degree course, but I wanted to take it a little bit further because the magic of radio, which I think is coming back slightly, not just in radio, but actually in podcasting as well, is that you draw into people's imaginations. But also it's a medium whereby people can be doing something else at the same time as digesting. And that's the beauty of podcasts and that's why podcasts are starting to grow again is because you can be sat on the bus or you can be doing a little bit of work but you can listen to this podcast at the same time. You can't do that in the same way with TV or video, etc. So for me, um, radio was great. It was also very creative as well because you can, as I say, you can bend people's imaginations. And I used to write radio comedy, uh, where we had people escaping out of milk bottles and playing Spanish guitar at the same time as juggling five filing cabinets, because all of these things are possible on radio. So um, I I did radio for a while, and then I uh, went into sales as well um and i had a tenure in sales which led to uh going into an area of workplace adjustment so it's a very very weird and varied (laughs) career but there is a there is a link between the whole the whole thing uh and the link is being able to listen to people so to be a good journalist you have to be able to listen to people it's not about all about what you say it's about what you hear and the questions that you ask. When it comes to sales, that's about the same thing, reading people's signals, asking the right questions to get the right answers. When it comes to workplace adjustments and assessments and helping people in that way, it's all the same thing. It's all about talking to people, asking the right questions and listening. And now with what I'm doing now, which is this uh, combination of uh social media engagement and marketing and online events and podcasting and all of these things as well again it's all about my my style is very much interview based like you're doing with me now and it's all about teasing out the conversation from people so i've spent my life starting and initiating conversations there you go
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, starting and initiating conversations. So I guess that probably leads right right into the next part then, as far as LinkedIn goes. Yeah. How, how does somebody take that approach to, to the LinkedIn platform?
0: I, firstly, I'd like to say I, I love the LinkedIn platform um, because it has changed. And it's changed, in my mind, for the better. I mean, it's, it's difficult for some people, I think, to accept that it's not the type of business platform that it was some time ago. And I was an early adopter of LinkedIn a long time ago as well. And I must admit, I, initially, I sort of went to it and then gave up on it because it was a little bit too staid. But where it's where it's developing to now, and where it's at at the moment, is it's a platform of people who are business people who, yes, they want to uh, deliver a message about what it is that they're doing, so that more people buy from them or use them for the services or products that they offer. But it's a it's a community of people that. Want to learn from each other in general. There are some idiots, <laughs> like there are on any social media platform. But in general, there's a you know there's a, an intelligent bunch of people who want to learn, and they want to learn across different sectors, and they want to learn across different areas, and they are willing to join in that conversation. Um, so there's your starting point with LinkedIn is don't turn up and expect to sell on the platform because it's just not going to work. It's a platform that needs you to put some energy into it. It's a platform that needs you to put something of yourself into it. And if you want people to, Form relationships with you which will ultimately lead to them working with you then it's about showing people exactly what you're made of um but in a in a very true and real way as well i think you can't force it you can't be something you're not on linkedin otherwise people will know so it's it's about turning up, creating uh, content that, that interests you first and foremost, and you'll find your own audience, and then finding people that are similar to you or have the same interests as you or have interests that you want to get to know more about and haven't yet, and reading and... Taking your time to learn from them in terms of where those conversations are going and when you feel confident enough join in those
1: conversations so it's first finding your voice and then finding your community to and joining in the conversation
0: I think it, I think it happens organically at the same time I think um, you need to find the mechanism that works for you and that mechanism will be different for different people. It might be that you, but you have to be consistent with that as well. And that's, that's the thing. So one of my things is that I turn up every morning and I do a poll (laughs) every morning, (laughs) every single morning I turn up and I do a poll. And some of those polls like one last week, you know has had near on 30,000 views now it's just about being consistent so there are mornings when I wake up and half six in the morning I think do I really want to do a poll this morning but I make myself do a poll every morning at half six (laughs) (laughs) and the reason being is because what I'm trying to do is I'm I'm trying to give the group of people that now expect me to do those polls, the content to to talk around. I have a particular approach to it, which is that I take it from a journalistic perspective. I try and again use the polls to initiate a conversation between a group of people. And then out of that, I find some really interesting people who organically connect to me and and follow me within my network. And then we can then talk about other things, uh, either through their content or through my content. But that's for me, that's just one way of having a a mechanism that I follow every day. For other people, it may be that they tell a joke. For other people, it may be that they, they share a force of the day. For other people, it may be that they share uh, a, a particular kind of post that's always framed in the same way every single time that they post um, on the, on a daily basis. But just find your little groove there and be consistent with it.
1: So it's just, it's really a matter of showing up uh, day in and day out to to kind of build build on the platform.
0: Yeah. It is. Um, and as I say, it's as important to comment on other people's posts and to engage with other people's posts as it is to put your own content out. I mean, for me, actually, I say I, I find it difficult some days to write a post uh, or do a poll, but actually it doesn't take me that long to to kick myself out of it when on days that I don't want to do it. Um, but you know, I guess even if there are days where it's harder for you to to think of something to post, and I've actually I've worked with other people as well. I've I've coached other people through LinkedIn, you know, and with some of them where they said, "Oh, I I just don't know what to post about today." Um, there's a couple of things that I've done with them. One is to have some standby posts uh, that you've pre-written put away in a little area. Uh, there's, there's some bits of software that you can use for, for storing posts prior to, to putting them out, um, which are quite, quite useful. But just have some, have some bits and pieces, if not put away. Or if you just can't think of anything else to, to come up with that day, no new content of your own, just go and read other people's posts and comment on the posts that you like. But just don't not do anything because that, that won't work. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if somebody's kind of getting started here, how long do you kind of find it takes? And, and I'm sure this really varies pretty wildly between, you know, the person and what they're doing. But how long does it take to get traction and start growing that uh, following, growing that audience on LinkedIn?
0: Well, it depends what you're what you want out of it, I suppose, Um you know or what you see your goals as, you will see if if you haven't been doing anything and you get the basics right from not getting it right. so you've you've done your LinkedIn banner, you've created a call to action, you've rewritten your about me so that it actually draws people in, you've worked looked through your profile to to make sure that it's short sharp, snappy. And, and tells people what it is that you're about rather than, you know, it's war and peace. If you've, if you've, you know, had any recommendations from people and you've made sure that those recommendations have come through and they're on your LinkedIn profile, you, so you've done all of the basics and you, you just haven't then been posting or you haven't been doing any content then starting from scratch uh, it's going to take you a little while. One of the things is as well, don't be scared to connect to people as well. I, I found that a lot of people are sort of worried about connecting to people they don't know. But the reality is that, you know, if you're trying to network for business, you're going to have to meet people you don't know because <laughs> the people that you're already doing business with, you do know them. Yeah. And the people that you want to do business with, you don't know. So you're going to have to press that connect button and make some new friends out there. <laughs> um, and the thing that I always say to people about that is that ultimately, at the end of the day, if once you've connected to them, that person turns out to be Elaine Larry, and you don't really want to be their friend anymore, you can always block and move on. So... You know, you've got nothing to lose by connecting to people. Just, you know, look for people. If and if you look for people through content who are have a similar outlook to you, or or posting things that are of interest to you, etc., then it's probably unlikely in the majority of cases that that person's going to rub you up the wrong way. Because you're, you're probably so going looking for their content first and saying, yeah, do you know what? I like what that person's saying. They seem intelligent to me. They're in the same kind of thought process as me. I'm going to connect with them and just give them a chance. But you've got, to, you've got to grow your network. And then once you start growing your network, just put out material uh, and see how it resonates, you know? And it it won't all resonate all the time, and it will take a little while for it to go. But you'd be surprised if you if you follow those basics, your network will grow fairly quickly, and your uh, retention and, and engagement rates will go up fairly quickly.
1: That's great. So how? How much time should somebody expect to spend uh, each day on the on the platform to kind of make this work?
0: Oh, okay. So that's the million dollar question, isn't it? How much time <laughs> should you spend? That's it's actually a really difficult thing for me to answer now because uh, I I tend to spend most of my life on LinkedIn. <laughs> so, um, you have to work out how much time you can spare on LinkedIn, and I think it depends what your the, the rest of your your day looks like in terms of your role and your job, etc. Um, I'd say as a bare minimum, you need to be thinking about turning up at least twice a day uh, for for twenty minutes a day. Um, at different times so that you, you catch what's going on. Um, and then it, then it really depends where you see this in your process for your, for your, your job or your business or, or whatever you're using LinkedIn for. So if, if LinkedIn is working for you and it's bringing you in business you know maybe you need to look and see are there other marketing efforts that you're doing within the, your business et etc that you know you're spending a lot of time on that aren't. Um, you know if other marketing efforts bring you in more business than LinkedIn then then you know maybe you can pare it down a bit but certainly you know um, I think you have to then gauge it in your overall business plan and your overall marketing plan the one thing that i would say is that i think some people get too comfortable and i just think that's a, that's a thing that happens with people in business full stop i think people get very comfortable if they've suddenly got an amount of business from a set amount of uh, suppliers or customers etc and uh, and then you know the danger is do you actually spend enough time actually canvassing for the next lot of business? So one of the things you've got to think about there is if your business needs to grow and you want it to grow at a a reasonable pace, it's perhaps just setting yourself some goals in terms of, you know, how many good new contacts am I going to get on LinkedIn every month? You know, how much engagement do I need to do to do that? And, you know, how much time focusing on conversations with people do I need to do to get that level of uh, comeback from that time that I'm
1: spending? I think that's that's kind of a great way to look at it. I know internally for us, we went from seeing, you know, at the beginning of this year, very few clients coming from LinkedIn. So not a lot of time was spent on the platform to. Now, as we're recording this towards the end of the year, uh, I'd say 75% of our, our new business is coming from the platform. So it makes it really easy to justify the time spent on the platform and in fact, spending more and engaging there because that's where the business comes from. So it's good business. It's good. It's good clients. So sure. Sure.
0: So I'll throw (laughs) that question the other way around. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to take over. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so how much how much sort of time do you spend on the, on a daily basis sort of engaging on LinkedIn?
1: I would say I am I'm probably on the platform uh, it, it's always open in the background. Uh, so anytime like somebody messages me, I hear that little ding when it clicks in um, as we're talking like I think I've had two or three kind of buzz in as we've been doing this uh, this interview. Um, so I say I'm probably on the platform two two to three hours a day. Um, perhaps not, not all at once, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, but throughout the day I'm, I'm on, I'm checking things, I'm replying to messages and, you know, checking notifications and kind of all that. Sure. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it will vary from day to day. Um, I mean, like today I did, I made a video, so obviously while you're making a video, you can't, um, (laughs) you can't be on LinkedIn per se. Um, But you know. I I will spend other some of the other mechanisms that I use use the platform as well so when I'm putting on events for example I I will not only do posts through LinkedIn on them but I I will set those events up on my business page on LinkedIn and I will promote them through uh the business page and i'll invite people through that and there's a process that i need to go through where um it's quite a lengthy process but there's a process where i need to go through of actually engaging on a personal level with people um who are interested in coming to these events so you know in that way you know there are different things that i'm doing on the platform throughout the day so it's not literally a case of I'm sat there all day long just (laughs) uh, chatting to people or um, uh, creating posts you know there's other things that I do Um, I write articles as well so again those go onto the platform but it's it's in a slightly different area so when you start to look at it there are lots of different bits of LinkedIn that you can use for different types of marketing task, um and if you we've now got stories as well and everyone's (laughs) trying to work out how how you use stories but uh you know so with each of these new little facets that come in uh they then generate new opportunities for marketing or, or engagement in a different way um so yeah linkedin live Um, I do LinkedIn live sessions, um, which are like mini podcasts, if you like, (laughs) uh, uh, over video. So those are, you know, again, they need setting up. You need to think about who you're going to talk to. You need to think about the demographic that you're wanting to try and engage with there. But there's always a thought process in terms of, for me, uh, around things like, you know, I'm putting this event on. And the people that I want to attract to this event look like this demographic. So then I'm going to perhaps talk to this person here on a LinkedIn live because that's going to attract the kind of people that I want to talk to about this event. And then I will do a series of posts that might lead to that. Even my polls in the morning, you know, some some of the polls are just random about or contemporaneous, which is a great word, uh, around what the news is of the day, but others have elements of them that I'm thinking about market research in a way about people that might be interested in a particular thing so that I can then connect with those people and then bring them into other bits and pieces that I'm doing. So there's there's linking all the way through this activity, but the activity can be very varied.
1: So you're constantly kind of thinking about what that end goal is and kind of moving people little by little towards towards that end goal whether that's to to come on an event or attend one of your events or or something similar correct
0: yeah there's 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 a journey map in there there's a there's a pipeline um (laughs) it 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 just i hate the word pipeline though because it's very salesy um it's there there is a journey map and there is a pipeline but it 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 just feels much more organic than uh, a, a traditional sales route because it's as you say, it's it, it's much more fun because it's more about finding people, as I say, of a similar or 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 that have a thought process that's going in a particular way. Getting alongside them, having a conversation about that, and actually growing with them as well. So it's not, you know, I, I don't I don't ever believe in um, everything being about what. What I already know. Um, in fact, I come at it from the point of view that I know nothing, <laughs> and actually, uh, and I quite often say on some of my LinkedIn live sessions, I surround myself with people that are far more intelligent than me and far more um, far more worthy to be there than me. But that's great because that's what I want to do. I want to learn from other people, and you know, for me, it's it's partly a, uh, a the whole thing is part of me educating myself at the same time
1: oh, that's great so not not to go off on too far of a tangent here but you're the first guest i've had on that's talked about the uh events on linkedin could you maybe give kind of your uh, how i guess how effective are they um in, in terms of is it and what is your approach with them is it kind of is it similar to like if somebody was doing a, a webinar or even a, a in-person seminar, you kind of take that type of approach or is it a totally different uh, system on, on the platform?
0: Okay, so I monetize events. <laughs> so they're pretty important to me. <laughs> um, and it's, for me, the way that I do that is that I uh, I have an idea that, as I say, that most people market to um, a group of people that they believe they should be marketing to. And yet there are distinctly groups and niches of people out there that probably need to hear about other things that they would never in the in, – the real world, shall we say, that that, that you know, the, the face-to-face world, they would they would draw themselves to. So I'll give you a really good example of that because it's probably easier if I give you an example. So I created an event called the Online Ergonomic Network Event, which was uh, an event initially just to 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 throw the the um, coals into the fire to see what happened was initially an event where we got together some sponsors from the ergonomics community, from some of the manufacturers, etc., And we invited everybody along just to see what, what, what would happen with that. And what I found fairly quickly, which didn't surprise me, was that two groups emerged. One was a group of people who want to know about this stuff because they're feeling uncomfortable at home. And then another group of people who are ergonomists, physiotherapists, workplace assessors, everyone involved in the industry who want this opportunity to come together and to learn more. Now, those two groups of people can coexist at an event, but they won't want the same thing out of that event because the one group of people are thought leaders and the other group of people are people approaching this subject for the first time. So what you really end up needing to do, which is what I've done is um, we have now a thought leadership event, which is for the group of people that need that thought leadership. And then on the other hand, I, I suddenly thought, look, where are these groups of people who need to hear this talk about ergonomics and working from home and and you know working healthily um where are they and how do we get them together and then bring this message over on top of it so uh, the first one of those that i did was the the va event so i noticed that during lockdown and during this whole period there was a massive growth in the number of virtual assistants that were popping up because people were being made redundant um the the va's already existed and they were getting busier um but people who were being made redundant were getting themselves online they couldn't physically go out to offices etc and they were offering their skill set and therefore they were basically turning themselves into va's so there was a growth in that market area there. And, and basically what you've got is you've got a group of people who are sitting at home, typing away, doing this databases for people, CRMs for people, accounts for people, balancing this for people, word processing, proofreading, you know, you name it. The gamut of uh, admin tasks for people at home. And they're working long hours and they're all getting back eight. So... On the, by generating an event which was for these group of people which said you need to network together because there are f- lessons to be learned in this period from each other this is a f- th- this is a period of change this is a period of uh new new dawn if you like for all of us but you you as a group have to learn from each other in terms of how to evolve within this period let's put an event on where you can all get together and then once i've done that i can then bring in someone from over here who can talk to you about your back problems that you're having and the two fit really well but in in the real world in that face-to-face engagement world that would never happen people from uh who are va's would never look in a trade magazine and go oh there's an ergonomic event on tomorrow I'm going to go to that and people from the ergonomic community wouldn't ever look and go do you know what we're going to advertise uh, at a VA event
1: <laughs>
0: it wouldn't happen right because people stay within their own niches right and they want to they want to do that because it's it costs a lot of money to go to an event it costs a lot of money to to, to do these things but virtually when we do these things virtually it costs a fraction of the price to try these things out uh and it works you know because those there's a message there that needs to be spread between the two um and by bringing those people together you you generate something completely different that would never ever have existed in the in the face-to-face event community
1: that is that is really cool. Thanks for thanks for sharing that example. I think that kind of helps give some idea what the potential of of that is. Um, yeah. Are there are there any other questions I should be asking you about this? I mean, you've shared some some really cool examples with us and some great ideas. No,
0: just to say, it is actually hard work, though. <laughs> 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 so so for anyone that's thinking, hey, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um, you still got to slog at it, you know, and I and I and I think that's important thing to say because um, I think some people think with social media anything to do with social media you can just turn up and it will just you know click your fingers and it will happen. You have to put the effort in. You have to put the work in. You have to, uh, you know, when I'm doing those events, I have to spend hours and hours. Um, having one-to-one conversations as I say with people and you know talking to them about uh, what this is about and introducing them to new technologies I I run events in something called Remo which isn't Zoom Um, so that's that's a learning curve for people Uh, we have virtual tables and uh, you you can you can literally talk to people in small groups etc so you know there's there's quite a lot of background work that goes into making sure all of these things run really smoothly and run really well. And it's just like proper event organization in the real world. Um, I have to get all of the sponsors. I have to have the conversation with the sponsors. I have to chase the money from the sponsors, etc., etc. To make all of this happen, I have to do all the graphics. So uh, anyone just thinking they can turn up and do it, you can't. Um, but if you're prepared to put the effort in, then there are opportunities there, definitely.
1: That's great. So, I guess if somebody's kind of interested in exploring some of these things further with you, um, how should they get in touch?
0: Well, if you're on LinkedIn, the easiest thing to do is either find me, because there's not many <laughs> coasts on there. <laughs> so, uh, Graham, Kof is C-O-A-T-H, COAT with an H on the end. Um, alternatively, you can follow my hashtag, which is um, hashtag a better way of life. The the sort of overriding uh, link between all of the different elements that I do, and there is a website as well, a better But the overriding link between all of the different elements is that I'm, I'm fundamentally trying to, promote a better way of life for everybody and therefore most of the things that i do are um things that are connected in one shape or form to health and well-being sector or uh, have some you know semblance to them of helping people live a better life um and that's uh, you know that's a really cool thing as well so we the the latest event uh, I'm running. Um, I've got two coming up. I've got a freelancers event, which is about helping freelancers to find better quality work with better pay. (laughs) So really, you know, again, improving their life, etc. Stopping them getting, you know, uh, scammed for in terms of work. Um, And the next online ergonomic network event uh, will be centering around mental health as well and that is an event it's not just for as i said earlier that isn't just an event for economists, uh etc so although it's about fault leaders we want management there we want people who anybody that looks after staff in terms of their well-being we want those people there uh, so that we can share together and learn collectively together um, as a group and out of that will come other opportunities out of that will come other splinter groups site.
1: So. Well, that's great. Well, I will make sure we put, uh, put those links in the show notes for anybody who is interested in learning a little bit more about that. Uh, okay Graham, thanks so much for uh, coming on the show today and sharing, uh, sharing all these uh, strategies with us. I really appreciate it. And, uh, we'll have to, we'll have to have have you on again sometime to share some more, some more of this with people.
0: Well, thank you, and I um, apologise. Your your listeners won't know, but I got the time wrong, um, so uh, sorry about that. I, you know, you, you, and this is a lesson to be learned. Don't believe everything when you put it into Google. All right, so uh, <laughs> I googled what the time difference was between uh, where you are now. Uh, where exactly are you, by the way?
1: I'm in Detroit, Michigan.
0: Detroit in Michigan. So I. You know, I Googled the time difference between Detroit, Michigan, and uh, not-so-sunny Somerset in, uh, <laughs> in uh, England, and uh, it was an hour wrong. So there you go. Uh, it's, and that's important. Check, check these things before you fly, which you won't be doing at the moment. But next time <laughs> it, it does, you can do these things, make sure that you actually check these things properly.
1: <laughs> All right. A public service announcement from Graham Coth, everybody. Check your time zones. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. It's important stuff. Thanks for listening to the Pipelineology podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to seeing you on the next one. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or
1: wherever you listen to podcasts.